Hey, good evening everyone. Welcome to our evening session. I was invited uh, next month to give a talk, a couple of talks. And one of them uh, was asked that I give a talk on wrong mindfulness. And there actually is a term, right? Uh, there's right mindfulness and there's wrong mindfulness. Something in, in me wants to say that, well, mindfulness, as we know from the Abhidhamma, is mindfulness is always wholesome. In the... Uh, in the Sutta, the Buddha said, Satincha kuahang bhikkhuve sabatikam vadami. Mindfulness, I tell you, monks, is always useful. It's always good. But then he talks about something called micha sati in the context of the Eightfold Path. I think it's a little misleading for us to say wrong mindfulness. I mean, the, the technically, mindfulness is always right. It's always good. But from a conceptual perspective, when we talk about mindfulness practice, when we talk about being attentive, and the English word mindfulness, which is a rather general and broad term, it is possible to understand it as a good and bad, good or bad. Sometimes good, sometimes bad. So I thought I'd talk a little bit about ways that the practice can go wrong. Not specifically talking about the state of mind that is wrong, but when you're practicing meditation, right, what can go wrong? This is quite interesting, and I think this was really what the the, um, they're, they're trying to get at with this, this invitation They want me to talk about how the practice can go wrong When you're practicing meditation What can go wrong? How do you know you're practicing well, right? Sometimes there's this doubt Am, am I doing it right? So the first way that the practice can go wrong Obviously, is you don't practice. It's, of course, that seems quite obvious and and kind of irrelevant. When we're talking about practice. What does it mean to not practice? Almost well, obviously, it means those people who don't come. Those people who never thought of practicing meditation. Well, that's not going to get you anywhere. But then there are those people who have heard of meditation, those people who have been even taught meditation, but uh, are not interested in it. That's also quite common. Sometimes you'll teach someone and it just goes in one ear and out the other, over their head. Not able to or not interested in understanding it. But more importantly, so for for all of that, for all of us, congratulations! You're 
you've passed that one but what you might find instead is that sometimes even though you intend to practice you're actually not practicing so walking and sitting unmindfully we do a lot of walking and a lot of sitting and I'm sure sometimes you'll notice that you weren't being mindful even though your intention was to be mindful and you were you were trying your best to be mindful and you find yourself getting distracted or slipping slipping back into old habits so unmindfulness is of course the the first way that the practice can go wrong and what's the result of that the result of that is generally just a lot of stress and suffering of course, if you don't ever practice mindfulness at all, your life is going to be full of stress and suffering, as most people's are. I mean, potentially, of course, it, it is possible that things will be good for a while, but it's quite uncertain because you're very easily sidetracked and get caught up in unwholesomeness. As a meditator, meditating unmindfully, this is where it becomes stressful. Your, your movements are unmindful and so walking back forth, back and forth and sitting like anything else can cause a lot of uh, pain and aches and so on because of the tension in your body the stress in the mind make you tired, make you uh, unhappy, bored easy to get bored if you're not being mindful, right? The next way the practice can go wrong is if you're being mindful of the wrong thing. And this of course comes in many ways. In many in many forms. Um so you could be mindful of the past or the future. If you get lost thinking about the past. Sometimes in meditation it is possible that you or it does happen. That you get caught up in the past or the future thinking about things that happened or, thing, or planning about things that you're going to do, right? It's quite common for meditators to get lost in, in planning or reminiscing And that is considered a sort of a mindfulness it, In the Pali, I mean the word mindfulness is actually imprecise But it's sati in the sense that your mind is focused on something that you're you're recollecting something That your mind is focused on something It's just focused on something that's not really useful The past and the future are problematic Because of the effort it takes to be aware of them But more importantly because they're not real right? The past isn't here doesn't actually exist except in your mind And so the result of living in in, in concepts in, in memories or planning about the future the result of, of living in these make-believe realms is stress and and, um, and delusion you know, because it's very easy to get lost for example the past you get caught up in, in emotions about the past or the future 
you get caught up in in planning and get lost in in um, potentialities that may never come to pass. So it's a, there's a lot of illusion. I mean, it's not real. More common, though, in in or equally common anyway, in meditation is uh, focused on something not not past or future, um, but still focused on an object that is not present. This means a concept. So meditators will often talk about how they're daydreaming. Right, that's a simple example of how they start to imagine themselves here or there or in some situation but there are actually uh, meditations that uh, that involve the uh, uh, focusing on a concept and so this is a common misunderstanding or, or not misunderstanding it's a common um, common practice that is is distinct from actually seeing things as they are being present. If you focus on people, for example, you know, wishing may all beings be happy, may may I be happy, may may this person be happy, or so on. If you focus on the parts of the body, if you focus on a candle flame, I actually had a uh, when I was teaching. Recently, at a high at my high school, um, one of the teachers there he, he actually said that he just likes to look at a candle flame, and that helps calm him down and give him focus. Um, so, a concept is a common object of meditation. We have an idea or or an image or or a thing in our mind that we conceive of and we take that as our object of meditation which is actually fine I mean it's 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 a valid meditation practice in itself there's nothing bad about it it's quite good but the thing about concepts is that they are distinct from reality they they're pleasant they're satisfying they're, they're controllable they're they're predictable. When you live in a world of concepts, you can make them any way you wish. Uh, and and in meditation, this this happens. You, you get into states that are quite calm, and you're able to manipulate your awareness. So make large, expansive awareness, infinite consciousness, and that kind of thing. Or in a more mundane sense, you're able to imagine anything. You know, imagination is great. It's, it's imagination by its nature is preferable to reality in every way. Imagination can be whatever you want. This is why books and television are so popular because it's a means of manipulating reality, controlling our awareness. Imagination is better than reality in every way, but one. And that one, one important distinction is that it's not real. 
You can't live in imagination. Imagination can't be a refuge. It's like you're, it's like virtual reality. Virtual reality might be great, but in the end you have to turn it off and go eat, or you have to turn it off and you depend on reality, is the point. And reality has some important differences. So it's, it's distinct in important ways, distinct from imagination. It's not like that. So that's important to be clear about, to be aware of that we're trying to be conscious of, of reality and so why we have you focus on your feet moving, your stomach, why we're not doing uh, meditation on a concept or something, why we're doing actually very mundane exercises because we want to learn about reality. It's much more interesting to us than anything else the mundane or what we call the mundane is the real and we want to learn about the real so next way that meditation can go wrong or mindfulness can go wrong um, first the, 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 the problems or the, the effect of focusing on, on concepts see the most dangerous uh, thing about concepts is that they're infinite and this really is a danger this one is where meditation goes wrong because if you don't have a teacher practicing meditation based on a concept or just imagining sitting in a, and letting your imagination go um, it can lead to psychotic episodes or whatever you call them states of temporary insanity if you see something and it's an image of something and you just go with it and you see where it leads and I've had meditators do this and without proper advice the meditator will you know, manipulate and expand and, and get caught up in some feedback loop somewhere and then fear seeps in or, or anxieties or anger or addiction and it, it feeds and it feeds and it becomes um, becomes dangerous to the mind I mean it's not incredibly dangerous There are people who kill themselves Because they get to such a wound up state But I think that's rather rare Mostly it just drives you crazy for a while And then you stop meditating And get really afraid of meditation So the realm of concepts It, it, it does that because it's infinite You can go anywhere You can easily, easily get caught up and who knows what, any number of, or an unlimited number of, of uh, dangerous feedback loops. Now, that you don't have that problem with reality. Reality is not going to get you caught up in anything. Reality is just going to, at worst, it's going to be stressful. It's going to be uncomfortable. But at best, it's going to help you become invincible. At best, it's going to teach you. It's going to teach you to see things clearly. It's going to teach you enough so that you no longer you no longer react to experience, because all of our imagination, all of the concepts 
people, places, and things that we live with. They're all based on, on experience, on reality. They all have reality as their root. You can't have concepts without reality. Once you understand reality, then the concepts that you, that you live with, that you work with, become innocent, become uh, innocuous. But there's still problems. So the the the, the problem that problem big problems that come up in meditation is attachment. And so the first well the the first attachment that a meditator comes to is the negative attachment. You start to practice pr properly, and it's not very pleasant. You know, you see impermanence, and you think something's wrong. I must be doing something wrong because this sucks. You know, meditation is not pleasant. It's not comfortable. This isn't what I. You know, this isn't the peaceful, blissful thing that you see on the, on the, uh, on, you read about in books or see in movies. People meditating, smiling, right? <laughs> You're sitting here crying and moaning and stressing and freaking out in your room, and you're thinking, must be doing something wrong. Aversion is the, is the first one the, uh, the stress The stress that comes from Looking at the things that we normally you know, Try to avoid It's a great stress involved with that We see impermanence, everything's changing, we see suffering, we see non-self. We find that we're not able to control our own minds. We find that we're not able to, we're not really in charge, that our minds are not responding and that and that uh, it's out of our control. The second way that Meditation goes wrong because eventually you start to accept. I mean, you start to see that there's nothing wrong with impermanence. It's just the way things are. All it means is, I mean, the real problem is the is the clinging. Reality has no problem with us. We have a problem with reality. And so, as you become more familiar with it, you become more comfortable with it in the sense of it. Not bothering you And so the problem which Some of you here are, are, are Most likely to encounter Is the problem of good experiences As you get More comfortable with the practice And more proficient and stronger in mind There will come a point Where all, this, all of this early stress and, and suffering And I think you're all getting there As it's becoming more comfortable Or you know, you're getting more stronger um, Is the positive We get stuck on the positive So the texts talk about The problem of good experiences If you're practicing correctly You should have some good experiences It should start to get smooth It should feel comfortable Not always And eventually you let go of this But 
in the early stages it can be quite comfortable the problem is the problem is not feeling comfortable the problem is that we cling to it and you begin to favor it and you get you start to uh, learn about what it is that uh, that makes you comfortable you know maybe you see lights or colors or pictures and you follow them you 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 get entranced by them and so you don't want to let them go and you 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 uh, do what you can to cultivate them or maybe you feel calm or maybe you feel happy and you just don't want to move you don't want to disturb the happiness or the calm and you get attached to it these come because we're we're seeing clearly and we're no longer stressing and so our minds become quite focused after four or five days of being here you should all go through these some of them maybe you start to know things and understand things about yourself maybe you start to have exceptional experiences of clarity of knowledge um, I mean magical sense there there you start to read be able to to see things far away or hear things some people have clairaudience clairvoyance some people remember their past lives, these kind of things. I mean, magical powers, they say, can come, which are kind of neat. And, and if they don't come, even it's even worse because you might be waiting for them to come or looking for some kind of extraordinary experience. But more common is the meditator will start to understand the problems in their lives. They understand themselves better. And so they go with that. They start to work out their problems and get lost in in worldly knowledge, which is good. I mean, meditation does help you solve everyday problems. It's just that when you're doing that, you're no longer being mindful. And so while it's, it's practically speaking good, uh, from, the, from, the, you know, from the point of view of meditation practice, it's, it's not good. I get caught up in it. You can get great confidence and get caught up in that. You can have great effort and get caught up in that. Sometimes meditators have great effort, quite exerting themselves quite well, but they get caught up in that and they stop being mindful. Even mindfulness itself can cause you to stop being mindful as you start to get a hang of it right? you start to find that you're able to note everything and you get attached to that and you stop meditating and that, that can happen again and again until you start to and it starts to lose its not the novelty and you're just mindful yeah, habitually mindful so these two I mean uh, clinging to the bad and clinging to the good Now, both bad and good are valid objects of insight meditation, but here's the point. If you cling to the bad, you're, you're quite likely to, to stop meditating. And this is what leads meditators to run away when they can't handle the bad, things they don't like, the stressful, 
Yeah, those who get caught up in the good probably won't stop and in fact might become quite confident and quite attached to the meditation, but they don't get anywhere. This is called Sukha Patipata Danta Binya, a person who has pleasant practice, but because they're clinging to the pleasant pleasantness of it and their faculties are not sharp. Yeah, they don't they progress slowly. So, I mean, the, the most important lesson for us is, first of all, not to shun bad or good experiences. But most importantly, to be very careful that we're learning to be objective, that we're learning to be uh, rooted and grounded, centered in reality, as opposed to centered in that which we like and that which we don't like. Trying to be mindful you know if you come to understand what it means to be mindful then you found a way to be invincible and the great thing about mindful meditation is that if you understand it it's not hard to understand and you practice it correctly and you know theoretically it's not hard to practice either it's just challenging because the mind is so keen not to be mindful but if you do it correctly there's nothing that can can stand in your way there's nothing that can cause you suffering when you stop reacting when you start just seeing when you learn how to just see how to just be so there you go some thoughts on how the practice can go wrong that's the Dhamma for tonight thank you all for tuning in go back to your practice So again, we're, I, I have answered questions elsewhere, but we're, we're experimenting with just answering questions on the site because it kind of is a happy medium between not answering any questions and just answering every question. Because it's static, people can ask the post questions throughout the day, throughout the week, and eventually get answers. If it ever loads, it's not loading for me right now. The site isn't loading. I think I'm going to take that as an excuse not to answer any questions tonight. And hopefully it'll be working again and we'll answer questions another night. Thank you all for coming out. I wish you all a good night, good practice, and that you find peace, happiness, and freedom from suffering. Thank you. <laughs>